Okay, welcome to episode 90 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. Back once again is the Penguin Herder himself. Yes, to many, he is the main man. It's Al Henderson. <laughs> Hello, babes, you right? Greetings, I'm all good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good, good. So um, we were just bemoaning, we were just moaning at each other a few minutes ago about the lockdown's dragging now, isn't it? It's uh, We're getting used to this working from home malarkey, you know. yeah. Really? I've got my date for my second vaccine now, so I'm, have you? Um, oh, good man. Yeah, yeah. A couple of Sundays time, I'll get it. So yeah, I'm, du- I'm double jabbed now, so I just I've just gone out shagging around, you know. So it's worked. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the uh, good. So you really have you? Are you still reading loads of comics? Because I know you're um, saying it. it it's, Yes, um, I must admit one of the uh, one of the books that we've been reading tonight or for tonight has, has dragged with me a little bit to, to work okay. through it. So that, that that's caused me some of that. Um, but so yeah, I'm keeping up to date with what's coming out on a, on a regular basis at the moment from, um, from the DC Batline, I suppose. Okay, um, yeah, I get you. But it's yeah, it's getting me through. Yeah, yeah, good man. Yeah, they're pumping them out at DC, aren't they? Um... Yeah, some good, some. <laughs> Yeah. Mediocre. <laughs> yeah. Which we will yeah. get to in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I messaged you and said I'd read something. You said, Why the fuck did you read that? What have I told you? <laughs> Good. Um okay, so what have you chosen for us to talk about tonight, Mr. H? Well, I was going to suggest that we should read a biography comic. And then I thought <laughs> You know what, fiddles giz, we really should discuss the main man, the fragging bastiche, who is the assassin of royalty. And you know what, if the geeks, wimps, dweebs and weenies, or those with a delicate constitution don't like it, well, they can go and bite me, fanboy. Excellent. So finally, it's time to talk about Lobo, the last Cesarnian. Yes, finally Lobo. Not Lobo's back, that's later. That's we later. might mention no. it, but the last... <laughs> Let's say Cezanian, is that how you're saying it? Cezanian? Cezan- so. It, it's, yeah. you know, there's a bit of me that likes to think it possibly could be a mild joke of saying it's the last Cezarian. Yes. But um, I think it's a Cezarnian, um, the way that they, there's an extra N in there. But, well, I'm going to agree with you and then try and avoid saying it for the rest of the episode, because I'll get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the problem with uh, a number of these space opera type uh, storylines where um, you know, they name all the planets and then you're like going, how on earth did they come up with some of these names? I know. Uh, yeah. Fucking Durlac. I hate it. Good. <laughs> so where was... Well, let's start from the... Let's do your origin of him. Where did you first read him? Because I'm guessing, just sort of trying to judge your age, you may have hit him... Pre this, I'm guessing, is that right? Um, no. While you're, you're right, I could have had the opportunity. So he first appeared in the o- o- Omega Men. Yeah. Um, but no, I wasn't reading the Omega Men. So this literally would have been the first time that I would have picked it up. Um, straight off the shelf. Um, back in Forbidden Planet Edinburgh or Science Fiction Bookshop Edinburgh, as it would have been called at the time. Yeah. Way back in 1990. Now, probably the main reason I would have picked it up is actually because it's written by Alan Grant, and Alan Grant was the bat writer of the of the day. So that and thoroughly nice guy. Yeah. Um. So um, I would have picked it up because of that, and then it became the big hot ticket as well at that point. Um. So everybody was reading Lobo. Yeah, it was pre Wizard magazine, wasn't it? I think I've I sort of worked it out the other day. I heard someone say, it and I thought, well, let me check that out. It is, it's pre Wizard. It, so it's pre that hype hotness. 
but it was definitely the hotness wasn't it there's um there's an element of the if this came out from image you'd have probably thought oh okay wouldn't you a bit i think at the time it was an unusual book it, it sounds well it, it's it's weird because it was never meant to be a big thing right and certainly if i suppose a little bit about extra history here so yeah Lobel joined legion yes um which I mean, Legion had spawned, spawned <laughs> had come out of the um, invasion storyline. Yes, and Legion for it's, it's nothing to do with the Legion of Superheroes. That was just DC trying to play on the fact that it had had the the title it could use. It was the licensed extra governmental interstellar operatives network. Good, nicely and, done, sir. Yeah, and Lobo became part of Legion, and then this storyline. Is essentially a Legion storyline. It is, isn't it? That, yeah. That, you know, so it could have as easily just been part of that ongoing series. And had it been, I probably would never have read it at that point. Um, it was, but this was very much created as a parody of yeah. a lot of the other books. You know, and it was just meant to be a joke that was, you know, and there's some yeah. great humour in it and some great throwaway in it. But for some bizarre reason... The you know it just grabbed the zeitgeist of the time and said yeah, this is what we want to be you know, um, and I think that, that some of that ties up with what else was happening in you know in the entertainment world at the time because yeah. this is very it's very metal WWE, isn't it and WWE yeah sort of yeah stuff, you know and it has that sort of sort of feel about it, um, and as I say it just it it pushes the boundaries as far as any mainstream book could go while remaining without crass and having you know i say a level of humor that probably is above a lot of the people that were reading it and yeah. you know there's a, there's a scene towards the end that um you know truly is outright satire <laughs> that that i think a lot of people would miss yeah. um or certainly a lot of americans would miss you know because they're, they're, they're you know the way that the way it's presented let's reverse into this so let's Let's just give a quick potted history of where he came from. So Lobo, first appearance that you write, Mega Men 3, 1983, which is seven years before this. So it's quite a long time. Um, created, and he's a very different character. He is, very much well. so. Yeah. yeah, created by Roger Sliffer, Slifer, Sliffer and Keith Giffen. Allegedly, Giffen claimed he was created as an, ind an indictment on the Punisher Wolverine type of dark hero that was happening at the time. Uh, and it, if, you, if you look him up on YouTube, you'll find there's a video of um stanley smiling at the camera and, and claiming lobo is his favorite dc hero which did make me laugh um <laughs> i remember i read him in amiga men and then I, I was reading legion as well and i just to be fair when i first started reading him i thought nothing of him i just thought he was this wolverine like space wolverine that they were ripping up you know sort of using yeah. for a bit of a laugh and um and you're right, and he, he was an interesting character in both books, especially in Legion, um, and we'll talk a bit about that because that's very much at the centre of the story. You know, it's almost the MacGuffin, mm. isn't it, reason for it. Um, and and then this book came out in 90, which is a significant time past. Um, did you want to give the creative team out, dude? So the creative team is, it's Plots and Breakdowns by Keith Giffen, yeah. um, script by Alan Grant, and then the art is by Simon Bisley. Yes. Um, it, it always interests me when we hear things like plot and breakdowns by somebody because it's I'm not <laughs> yeah. entirely sure what the proportions are. Yeah. Um, and if my my take on this is that 
Giffen probably came up with a, a very simple A to B storyline. Yeah. And Alan Grant did an awful lot of the writing. But there's bits in the in the artwork where you can really see that it's um well it's obviously basically it's drawn it. The some of the panels are not in a layout that he would normally use it's, it's, or a style that he would take. There's such a lick of um uh, almost trencher style giffin in this. There's the mark of that, which I know came later. But there's yeah. there's a real giffin and, and Bisley himself says that a lot. He says that it was laid out for him. Um Yeah. The pe- I was gonna say very much the pacing is not what you would expect to see from a Bisley. Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah. That, that 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 layout bit is definitely given all the pacing side. Yeah, I saw I saw an interview with Bisley and he said that this this was the three parts of the triangle is um Giffen gave the anger, Bisley gave the humour and Grant gave the darkness. I thought, okay. That's a weird combo. Yeah. He said he kept saying, "Oh, Giffen can be quite an angry person," <laughs> which is genius. I kind of like the idea of it being Giffen rather than being Bisley in a way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, uh, yeah. this dude. Um, yeah, and the other the other person. Um, let's mention the colorist and the letterer as well. So we had oh, just one in the page. We had a uh, Laverne Kinziarski as colors and Todd Klein. In letters, lo- lovely Todd Klein, um, and we'll talk a bit about the color in this because it's, it's it's dealt with quite differently to a lot of what people would probably imagine in a comic book these days. Um, it's almost like flat colors, I think. Well, I feel yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 very, you know, this is a very punk book. Yes. So maybe that's. Yeah, yeah no, you're right, man. Yeah, there's a bit of DIY punk. about it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and a lot of the coloring really plays into that as well yeah. in terms of the you know the bright pinks and and, and other choices. Yeah. What sort of what sort of age were you when you read this? Ooh, so, 1990, I would have been 18. Okay, so ideal. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. You know, anything from sort of 14 to 21, I'm I'm guessing it was a good age for this. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, as I say, and it's a proper slap in the face book. And but you know, <laughs> yeah. it gets in, gets in about it. Things happen. Jokes are told, both uh, both in, in in words and visuals. Um, and you know, and it, it has a, a a constant pace to it in terms yeah. of the storyline, um, with flickers of bits where it really slows itself down when it reflects back to um, to the home bases, uh, and it, it's just really well told. Um, and there are, as I say, there are things that happen in this book that could not happen today. <laughs> yes. In, yeah. In, in, certainly not in the DC universe, I don't think. I think you're right. Um, yeah. yeah. I think the thing for me is I, I always think back on, you know, if you think of a, I kind of think of a Bisley comic outside of Slain, I think of a Bisley comic as being just a mess, really, of like just lots of cool images, you know. Yeah. Um, but this is, a, this is how ha- has got a di- defined structure to it isn't it and i put that Fair down enough. to giffin and, and grant you know because they they mm. know what they're doing did you want to just explain just give a little overview of what happens so the the, the simple overview is that um you, we keep talking about how low was defined you know i saw him described somewhere as he's wolverine crossed with han solo right, right okay so this is very right. much playing to the han solo side of his storyline mm. if, if you like where he's given a task um by Viral docs who's in charge of the Legion yep. to basically go and bring back a prisoner. Um, and the prisoner must be brought back alive. And the, the storyline then follows through to say that while doing so, Lobo finds out that there has been a biography written he about gets, him. And he's not happy. Yeah. And he's not happy. Um, and it turns out that the 
prisoner that he's to bring back and must be brought back alive is the author of said biography and to really spin it she's his um third grade teacher (laughs) as well was it third or fourth grade anyway it doesn't matter um and also the last zarnian as well yes because he he, up to that point had killed the last zarnian yeah yes so it turns out he's not the last zarnian because she's still alive and and he'd hated being in her class in school yeah. And he's got this code, isn't he? So he's got a code that says yep. he he will always honour a job, um, yep. and that's what he does to the letter in this, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so the so that that's kind of the setup in, in in issue one. We should have said this is a four issue miniseries as well. Yep. Um, the other three issues thereafter are essentially him getting the the, the teacher back to to the home planet of of Legion, so that. Um, she can be dealt with with the author by the authorities. Yeah, and in the process of doing that, Lobo basically upsets a bunch of truckers who then start <laughs> following him. He kills the chief of police somewhere, so the police um, SWAT team start following him, tracking him down. The biography has become a number one best-selling hit across the universe. However. Um, because of the distasteful nature of the biography, the Legion of Decency, <laughs> yeah, are hunting and hunting down the, the very much in the public consciousness at the time in America and England at the time, wasn't it? Because there was these little bands of old ladies, you know, mostly let's say Christians, who would you know take great objections to anything that you know was like Doctor Who or something, wouldn't they? You know, or metal music or something like that. And, and, and yeah, and this this, this entirely plays on that. As I say, the yeah. uh, the satire at the end is the the big big payoff with them, um, and they they're basically chasing them down. Uh, and at the same time, the sons of Lobo, who are basically a biker gang by by any other name, who have decided that you know they, they like the main man and they're going to look after him, um, they kind of just tag along as well, just to keep see what's happening. And it becomes this basically a chase movie of yeah. um, you know, say all, all those people. It's um. Smokey and the Bandit, isn't it? Uh, essentially, yeah. where it's uh, you know him going along and he's being chased by all these other people. So and... now he does stop at one point to watch the ballet. You know, it's not it's, it's typical Lobo, isn't it? It's not you know it's just it's, it's not well, Thunder Road. He stops is it? Off, yeah. yeah, he doesn't go. He doesn't stop off to go to the ballet, though he does ultimately enjoy it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Clear, yeah. It's yeah. not a, not it's a different type of ballet. And actually, they start chasing him down as well. Actually, the ballet. That's team, right. Um, that's right. Those that are left behind. Yeah, um, it's a, it's... And, and it just becomes that big chase thing, and it, it's yeah. it's just a good fun comic at that point, you know. And it's it's you know it's not good clean fun, but it's good fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's uh, he has to keep calling back into Vil- Vril Docks, and they have a they have a um, a sort of caustic, problematical relationship where Vril Docks has, has bested Lobo in some way. I can't remember what it was. It happens in the Legion book, um, and so um, Lobo is in his debt and must do what he says. They sort of had this bet, and because he doesn't welch on a bet, Lobo has this thing we're going on. The other thing is worth mentioning here is this is where they they changed Lobo's origin. So yeah. he was previously, um, when it explained in, I think in the um, Amiga Men issues, he was a Valorpian. Um, and his um, his people had been some kind of psychic war or something, and his people had been killed. And But they, they completely changed that. And in this, they his origin is part of the story, obviously. So we get this new origin of him, who's more sort of grounded in this. 
Yeah, and this is the first time as well they probably have what is become the definitive costume for Lobo. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we should point out that when he first appeared in the Omega Man, he was in an all-in-one Lycra suit. Yeah, he looks like a was... Starlight Express or something like that, didn't he? Is that yeah. sort of look to him? Yeah, very strange. Not not only that, it's in peaches and oranges. <laughs> so it, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it properly is wrong. And then slowly but surely, he moves into this leather jacket, um, biker-type gear. And, and by the time he gets to, or we get to the last Cesarnian, it's the full-blown chain around the, the arm, Big knee pads, um, yeah, great big. I mean, some of this is you know obviously Bisley style in terms of doing the big big biker boots and all that sort of stuff, but but this is in him, and that's the, the the style and design that he's had ever since. I think. Yeah, and um, yeah, very much Shane. He's got he's got this famous hook that he's got. He's even got a kind of a cool biker biker style space bike that he has as well. Um, yeah. I suppose the other thing we should talk about is his powers. Because they kind of change a bit, don't they? One point he can just be in a bar fight, and the next thing he's toe to toe with Superman. So I think, as with characters, I think of the time like Ambush Bug, they use him as they need to use him. I think, you know. Um, yeah. So in this, I mean, he his can... original. Go on, man. Sorry. I was going to say in his original powers as well. The the concept was that with a Cesarnian, if they drop any drop of blood, can create a clone of them. Um, and there's yeah. there's a very funny set of um, that, that appears in the Greatest Hits book, um, set of episodes where he appears with the Justice League um, or Justice League International um, set, the the Boahaha version of Justice League. Yeah, where it's very much about you've got people like Big Barda running around going, whatever you do, don't hit him, <laughs> yeah. don't make him bleed, you know, and this whole. Yeah attack of not you know trying to fight him without actually making him bleed because that would mean there'd be two of them and, and so on and so forth but yes he has full regenerative powers and, and all that he does you know, actually and... go to heaven at one point so he does get killed i think it's in lobo's back him and another creature sort of or yeah. combination of creatures sort of just machine gun each other to nothing and he ends up going to heaven and heaven doesn't want him so he's back on earth so he's kind of unkillable as well isn't he yeah. Yeah. Because again, it was with the Alan Grant run in the the Demon. Yes. Um, yeah. So like Lobo and the Demon used to come together quite a lot, and part of that was that Lobo ends up in hell at one point, yeah. and they want rid of him as well. It's you know, there's the whole he, he gets chucked out of both places. So yes, he is essentially uncillable because neither of the other places want him. Yeah. Exactly. And he's that irritating, and he's drawn as that irritating, you know, and that dislikable, mm. and. Um, He's just utterly sort of headstrong and, you know, he's a force of nature, basically, isn't he, in these Though comics? He has a soft spot. Yeah, this and is for the barmaid, isn't it? Well, no, no. For the space dolphins. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> right? Which, um, you know, he, basically he treats them like his pets and there's this, this pod of space dolphins that he does lots for. Um, and... Um, a number of the the tasks he's doing so that he can raise money to make sure he's getting the food for the for the space dolphins. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of other things about Lobo. So it was almost a Guy Ritchie movie. Guy Ritchie was actually developing it for a couple of years. Um, hmm. um, it was the um, he became increasingly crazy. I think as as things went on, like you said, we had the paramilitary Christmas special. We had which, an, as I say, when we sorry, just going in that point. You talk about the movie and you talk about the paramilitary Christmas special. <laughs> you should look up on YouTube, Lobo Paramilitary Special, because there was a fan-made Oh, this film. is the fan one you mentioned. I haven't seen this oh, yet. Yeah. 
it's very very good for you know and it's only it only runs about 10 minutes um we should be clear about the storyline of that because that probably is a proper high point okay essentially that's you know with him being a hard hitman at times he gets hired by the easter bunny to that's kill santa right. yeah because santa is a slave driver who looks out who, who basically owns all these elves as slaves and it turns out that santa's not a particularly nice guy yeah. <laughs> so it, you know it is whatever they fancied really uh, whatever madness they could come up with I mean, at one point this is probably very very 2021 he becomes a lady for a while doesn't he um uh in lobo's back and then he meets death from which i did laugh i only just saw it again he meets death from death high cost of living and licks her which i thought was hilarious mm. um he's um have you read i haven't read this lobo cop have you read that Yes, I will have done back in the day. It'll be <laughs> yeah. in the loft in a box, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have no recollection of it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got uh, Blazing Chain of Love, which is pretty cool as well. Um, and Kevin O'Neill drew him as well. We were just talking about that before we came on, but Kevin O'Neill drew him in a, one that's a sort of about conventions, which is pretty cool. Um, and I think what we're highlighting here is the fact that it, he was a character throughout the 90s and into the early 2000s where... He was a constant, and yeah. they would always go back to him. He had his own series that ran for, I don't know, 40 issues yeah, somewhere you're in right. that region. Yeah. Um, but I think he was always at his best when they were probably doing the miniseries and one-shots. And, you know, everybody who was any he, he appeared in all sorts of books. He was one of these, you know, these, yeah. these characters that appeared all over the place. And this, to me, is a, the... You know, this, he was. I'm not surprised that they thought about doing a movie of him because he was DC's Deadpool long yes, before Deadpool. Long before we got this accent, we got this you funny know. Deadpool, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, he did. He, you know, everything that Deadpool does now, Lobo did before, and yeah. and in in a you know yeah, a 1980s or 1990s way, but it was um, yeah. you know he, he did it before. Um, I agree, man. And I think there's there's a real strength of humour in this that is you hear both Grant and you hear Giffen in it as well. To me, you know, mm. there's um to, just to mention a couple of the other things he did. Um, he crossed over with the Mask and the Authority. I read the Authority one again the other day. That's pretty nuts as well. Um, uh, Lobo the Duck was obviously the crossover, um, which is is all right. Um, is in he's in a novel by Alan Grant I read called Last Sons, um, yeah. which is pretty good as well. Um, he was in the dealt with very well, and, and we have this theory. This is the last time he was dealt with well in um, the fifty two, the series fifty two, which is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of dolphins in that one as well, and he was also a Red Lantern, believe it or not. That's when I start to <laughs> get a bit sketchy on yeah. <laughs> on, on some of it in, in terms of the yeah where, where, where he's been since, but yeah. Um, Giffen describes yeah. him as the high violence poster boy, which I think is quite a good good little phrase, and perhaps explains in that phrase why we don't see so much of him. Um, Very much, yeah. He's um, he's been in various TV versions. So he was in Superman the animated series. He was in what's the one that's not the Teen Titans, but they're them slightly older. What's that one? Young Justice. He's in Young Justice, um, and he's in Krypton series two, um, and actually well done. He looks the part. He's yeah. he's this sort of violent. Did you see any of that man? To be honest, I've seen the clip for it. Of, That's what of I've him seen. in the and, woods. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. Oh, and that that looked great. I, I love him in Teen Titans, where he's the PE teacher at the school. That oh all the, right, I've seen that one. <laughs> That's the um, you know the the yeah. 
and because uh, he appears in a couple of the comics for that as well, yeah. uh, drawn by Art Balthazar. Oh, um, those ones are like, is it Tiny Titans? Is that Tiny right? Titans. Yeah, Sorry, that's yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, this to me is what Wolverine kind of should have reached towards. I think Wolverine's been a bit sort of neutered in recent years, but um, to me, Lobo's got that Wolverine quality and, and is prepared to be that biker drinking at bars, you know, well, you know, Wolverine just seems to sit on roofs of houses, drinking beers with Kitty pride or someone these days, you know, um, I know you're not a well, big Marvel guy, but I was going to say, but see, I never saw Wolverine as having the humor that, okay. that Lobo had. And part yeah. of that is the, maybe, maybe it's that I just don't care. Wolverine always has <laughs> a little bit of a desire to be accepted. Yeah. Um, or certainly the way it's portrayed a lot in the next one, as you say. Yeah, it is now. Yeah. We never used to. But mm. yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, and it, it's what well, Paul Lobo really doesn't, as he, he cares for, for nobody other than the space dolphins. And therefore, he'll quite happily, you know, if, if, if somebody comes up with the money for him to go and assassinate or have a fight with whoever, then they will go do that. And as you say, once he, once he has a, a contract, he'll stick to it. Yeah. Um, and 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 see it through, and and that is that whole as you say he's he's more than Wolverine in that way, or he's maybe less than he's narrower than Wolverine, but the narrowness means he sticks to that characteristics and sticks to that characterization of being, you know, the, just the relentless force. Yeah, and you can just have nothing but humor that comes with that as a result if you wish to play it that way. Yeah, humor and violence is a weird area these days, isn't it? It used to be in our faces in 2000 AD and toxic and, you know, black and white breakout magazines. And, you know, we, we used to see it all the time. We don't see it perhaps as much in mainstream comics anymore, do you think? And, and uh, yes, I would agree with you there. Certainly in mainstream comics and or yeah. certainly in um, the, the core universes, as it were. Yeah. DC might do something like this this time around, but put it in the black label piece. That's what but, you I know, was going for, man. This yeah, is continuity. Exactly. You yeah, know, this is continuity is presented here, and is you know is is treated as such. Um, given that that Legion was a major continuity book for the DC universe at that point. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. So I, I think this would very much be treated as a well, it's a standalone piece over there. But there's there's sections of this book where it is just gratuitous violence. Just for the sake of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, um, the other reason, just before we, we go off on a tangent there, Geese, is the other reason I said Black Label is because if you look at this, there's no Comics Code Authority on it. No. <laughs> yeah, which is um, which leads you into the Black Label stuff. And I think, well, let's, let's leave to the end. Have a think. Let me put this in your mind now. Who would you like to see doing it now? And then we'll maybe discuss that towards the end. Um. But yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And you're right, there is. That's what is he? I mean, he absolutely eviscerates people in this, doesn't he? Just for comedy value, really. You know. Yeah. Do you think that was the uh, 2008 influence somehow? Do you think there was a bit of that? In I, there? I do wonder if this book would have happened without the British second invasion, if you like. Yeah. To the you know, um, I I I'm one of these people who really believes that Alan Grant does not receive the praise that he deserves Me too, man. for yeah. for what he's what he's done for the comic industry and and for for the, the american comic industry as well yeah um he did both that, didn't he that's the thing with him he not only he didn't do one and then do the other he maintained both 
for me. There's you know? not a comic company that he hasn't, or not of the major comic companies that he hasn't worked for. Yeah, he's he's done everything. I think the the reason he perhaps doesn't get called out as much is he doesn't have that landmark piece. Yeah, I get you. You know, there's no no major book on the shelf where you go. That's the Alan Grant piece. You know, it's a case of it, it's more than his. Oh yeah, he wrote Batman for a, a decade, yeah, fucking years, wasn't it? Yeah, you it know? was. And and it was never present there. And and most of that was really good. He wrote all sorts of other DC books. He's written, you know, that again held the you know held the DC universe together for a long period of time. Yeah, uh, as you say, you know. All sorts of stuff for 2018 in the Meg, where you know creating characters left, right, and centre there. But you're left going, what? What is the you know? What what is that piece on the you know? Where, where's the Watchmen? Where's the Vigilante? Yeah. Where's the what? You know, the only thing it, I will it's, it's a body of work that's that's. Perfect. And there is, there are books that should be that. I think The Last American deserves it. I do. I think that's a mm-hmm. great book. Um, mm-hmm. I think um, the Bogeyman was going to happen and then didn't. Because don't forget that was a movie as well, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah, shown once. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and the other one I really enjoyed and doesn't get talked about enough, I think, is Outcasts. I really like that. All right, yeah, I, I got yeah. it. But uh, yeah, and, and I don't disagree with you. I think all of them mm. are really, you know, really good. Um, but as I say, because it's he's more of a, a body of work person. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily get the, you know, the the, the kudos he, he perhaps deserves. I the only I one that came near maybe was would maybe be Judgment on Gotham, maybe as an evergreen. But even that, I don't know if that's in print now. I don't know. Hey, well, I, I, I have no idea what is and isn't print. But yeah, you know, yeah. it's it, it's such a thing. But anyway, my, my my point is very much that you know a lot of the humour in here. Which I think you know, we're seeing the humour comes from Giffen. I, having read oh, *Demon* and having *Logan*, yeah. I think a lot of it comes from from Grant. And, you know, if you look at you know, but it is very much a British sensibility that humour of the you know the dry, dark wit with with satire on top. Yeah, the stuff we and saw in *Dread*, the stuff we saw in *Martial Law*. You know, the stuff yeah. we saw all over the place like that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the. You know the the gritty script, you know, the scratchiness of the the art from Bisley, but still full bodied. Again, was all coming out of that that two thousand AD background and you know the, and the heavy metal background, yeah. obviously that he had as yeah. well from the from a European comic perspective, which I don't think is a background that the American comic artists of the time had in terms of their piece. So to me, it was very much a case of this huge amount of British influence actually in this book that meant that you know Giffen had the idea and the genesis hot for it and and, and laid out the, the you know the general plot but I think the actual lifting of it was very much done in a, in a British sensibility. Yeah it does it does smell of it smells of two thousand AD or toxic this to me. When I saw it oh, I could easily have been yeah. been toxic definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um a couple of things on Alan Grant. Born in Bristol, believe it or not. Did you know that? Nineteen forty nine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that. I think he moved very quickly, got out of England as quickly as he could. I'm not your firm alike. Uh started as an editor <laughs> at DC Thompson and then he went to London to work on some IPC uh, romance titles after bumping into John Wagner. Um he um he oversaw the merger of two thousand D and Tornado, interestingly. Um and then I was boring you with the book that I bought just because I read that he was in he was um 
into neotech philosophy and i bought a book on theosophy which um i can make no sense of whatsoever now <laughs> i tried last night i was sending you pictures of it and uh you said you have you become a cult member and i said no this is according to wikipedia this is the religion that alan is into but uh it's not it's not a nutty one <laughs> it's not a crazy <laughs> one I, just, I don't understand it but yeah like you say a great writer keith giffin um first worked in comics in the sword and the star we have talked about keith before um same birthday as me in 1952 um his first story was a text story marvel preview number four uh, january 1976 sword and the star um also co-created rocket raccoon um and i actually feel like they this the style of giffin his art style um changed partly due to his experience of working with Bisley and I think if you look at uh, the last Cesarea Tenarian and you look at um, Lobo's back there's a there's a direct line to Giffin's stuff that he did for example on Trencher later on yeah yeah um, yeah I can see that I can yeah. I, I'd be, been an influence every through yeah yeah I absolutely um, love Giffin I absolutely love him I had a, had a lovely chat with him in New York once um, you, you must have met him before dude have you you sort of I don't troubles. think I have. Right. Or, or, yeah, no, I, I've got. No, I think he's somebody that has actually passed me by. Um, okay. Yeah. Or, or, or it's been one of these ones where the queue's been too long or whatever. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He's had he's had his fingers and he's been behind a lot of stuff when you think about it, like Fifty Two, for example, um, like the Bwahaha stuff. Um, there's a lot of stuff that he's you know he's in the background on, or he's you know. Um, mm. I first saw him in. The Defender stuff he was doing with um, David Anthony Craft, who he sadly lost recently, um, and then followed him through to um, the Legion. And he was kind of a bit of a his his line was or his style was a bit more in line house style straighter. And then he did five years later, and I began to notice that change. Um, yeah, I've got a page on my wall of his actually from from an issue of Justice from the New Universe. <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> that cost me a whole twenty dollars. Yeah, can you believe Happy it? Days. Happy yeah, days. Yeah. Um, yeah, good stuff. Now I think before we get I'm gonna we're gonna pick a couple of favourite moments, I think, from this series. But before we do, yep. there's there's um I wanted to talk about issue one, the cover. I think he's mm. an incredible cover man. And I know we went we went eBay searching, didn't we, for you and I were trying to buy bloody waistcoats or something, T shirts this week, weren't we? And uh <laughs> we found um and this cover's still being used on T shirts, isn't it? Did you want to describe it yeah. just for people listening? To be clear, the T-shirt I I used to have the Bite Me fanboy T-shirt, uh, okay. which came out nice. came out from Lobo's back. But right. that, again, that would be mid mid nineties, and I say I don't. Let's just say I don't fit the same size of T-shirt as <laughs> I did in the mid nineties. Yeah. So the the opening cover is it, it's essentially a close up of Lobo's face. Yeah. Um, where he's squinting with one eye, and the other eye is properly as wide open as could be yeah uh, and his eye is bright red with a tiny tiny little black dot in the middle of it yeah and then he's he's biting down on his bottom lip and he's actually broken the skin um with with that now it's it, it's a weird layout of a cover ever slightly in that yeah. the face is not centered yeah what's essentially at the center of the the cover is the the tiny little black dot that is the pupil exactly yeah that's where i was going um, with this I, i'd like i'd like to take credit for being um spotting this but it's on the kayfabe video about this issue yeah they brought my attention to it but it is your eye is drawn your eye is drawn immediately to his eye which is bang fucking in the middle of this cover isn't it 
big red eye looking at and you. It's, it's a bright red eye looking yeah. straight out at you, and it, it it just creates that presence and you know this he's sort of scowling lines down the nose and stuff where he's he's just wanting to go. It's <laughs> what he's seeing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. There's goes, a fuck about yeah, to come out of his yeah. mouth, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And you know, and it is just that. And I think the subtitle for for issue one was you know portrait of a psychopath, which I think you know and it it is very much a case of I think we should say one of the things that throughout the book is well because they're they're running this thing about the biography they've actually got pages from the biography yes. pieds into it yeah um, and his psychological and, and, report yeah. and you know various things isn't it there's a school report in there and yeah. Um, and one also, of the early bits in that is the fact that it just comes up with, and the name of leave, uh, name of evil was Logbo, <laughs> and that's that's where it comes from. Yeah, because it's only since then that we've come to know it's the last Sarnian, because um, initially it was just kind of Lobo, wasn't it? It was like issue one of yeah. a miniseries. That's how we saw it. Um, I think it was. Am I right in saying I don't have the single issue in front of me? But it was ninety nine cents, so it was cheaper, wasn't it? The first issue. I, I believe so. yes. Yeah. Uh, again, I uh, it's the trade I've got in front of me. Yeah, and in the world of making noticeable, you know, eye-catching covers, that's got it down, isn't it? That's and, well, brilliant. Yeah, we've seen the parody thereafter, and, and yeah. you know, when if you do an, uh, a month of covers where it's just nothing but faces, which they seem to do every decade, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that you know, this is this would still stand out as being you know. A proper pick it up off the shelf um, moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I I'm going to make an admission that when I first read this, I didn't like it. I bought it because I'm a lemming and I buy everything that's popular, you know. Um, but I um, I don't know. It just wasn't the Lobo I was used to, and I just I wasn't a huge fan of. I had this sort of prejudice against Bisley because I he'd sort of taken over from a couple of the black and white eyes that I was enjoying on Slain. And I didn't like it. It was too scratchy for me. Um, and I think in it I was seeing things that I'd seen previously on Electra Assassin. I think some of the almost sharply drawn caricatured faces, like the face of the teacher in this with those glasses. I'm, yeah. I remember thinking, those glasses are straight out of a Sienkiewicz drawing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure he's a big influence, yeah. but... Yeah, I just was, uh, what, 1990. When was? Let me see when. I'm trying to find out when how old Simon Bisley is or how old he was when he drew this. Yeah. Um, doesn't I, see. No, I'm not sure. But um, I, to me, at the time, I don't know why. I mean, I was a I'm a fairly straight faced straight laced fella, and um, I thought this isn't fucking right. Do you know what I mean? I had a bit of those moments. It was only later that I was glad that I bought them because I began to appreciate the satirical nature of it the lampooning nature of it i suppose yeah you know? and i think certainly rereading it you know this this past month has been very much that's what i took from it yeah in that it would have been an unusual book for me to pick up at the time i've probably been picked up because it had been re- recommended in the in the shop as yeah me too know, get, get on this because everybody's getting it and it's you know and i would have laughed at the right moments and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff at the time but there is a, a second layer to this book, very much so, in in, in terms of, of what they're trying to to get across with it. Um, I certainly wouldn't have picked up the. It's, I was one of the people who didn't get the parody the first time round, and went, right. "Yeah, this is what I want." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah, you know, we we want a character who's a bit wild and goes on beating people. But up that's and, that was why a lot you know, of kids picked it up because they just wanted that metal, you know, yeah. aspect yeah. of it, didn't they? 
you know. Oh, um, yeah. But rather than reason that that was a piss take of, of of the industry at the time and the fact that these, you know, this was the main character coming out. But yeah. yeah, you're right. There's whether you're 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 seeing it as in character, there's also a bit of Frank Miller-ish yes. take yeah. in some of those characters in terms of you know, things like the glasses and the. The, the approach that's given to yeah, it's definitely the, a post post DKR book, they're... isn't it? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's it's that cultural up. significance of him that I think we've kind of forgotten. Though we, it was it was such a big explosion of a book um, that we, I don't know. I think I sometimes wonder if the corporate memory of comics is too short and people don't remember things. And I, I don't know, man. We forget if, what we don't what we want to forget sometimes. Yeah. And part of it, I think, as well, is about how else things were presented at that point. There was, so you know, the the, the convention scene, if you like, of the early nineties was very thin. Yeah. You know, if if this if the equivalent was to happen today, you'd see nothing but lobos dressed up at Comic Con. Very true. Right? Yeah. You would see, you know, and because we never had that. Actually, I remember there was one guy at one Bristol. Dressed up as him, but anyway. Okay. Um, the but you know it's it, it's it, that's what we're missing from this as well in terms of the the energy you know, the energy and the corporate memory pieces. The fact that well we don't remember seeing hundreds of lobos walking around. You know, yeah. we'll always remember the the year of the Harley Quinns and the the year of the the Deadpool. Exactly. You know, yeah. and and go roll our eyes at it and go well, fair enough, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or go back and look at it in twenty years' time and go. Actually, it, you know, it, maybe it had something we, we didn't, yeah. uh, we missed at the time. Um, yeah. So, do you, is there well, any particular? No. Let's, were you well, okay. Well, let's let's just pick a couple of favourite bits. I know because we've gone long again, but the let's have a think about um, a couple of moments. Do you want to go first, dude? So I'm I'm gonna well, I'm gonna shoot past the fact that there's a uh, a bookstore in in episode one called Blake Seven. Oh, is it? Okay, that. I missed that. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and and jump to to number two where he has basically they stop on one of the, the planets to to rest overnight type type thing yeah. and he goes off to use the phone to to call for old docs and the teacher leaves the room and gets taken by one of the people who's supposed to be guarding her um to the um pan galactic demolition dance company how douglas adams the, the, is that that's just there's like the pan galactic gargle factory and all that sort of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah 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 um is it miss them and weep see them and die happy and so this <laughs> i think is, you're this about is to steal my favorite page by the way so let's keep going keep <laughs> going yeah yeah <laughs> well i was gonna say that this this whole sequence of global going my god we've gone to the bali right and he's <laughs> yeah, basically yeah. hunting her down yeah and it turns out that the Bali is actually a chainsaw massacre. Yeah. <laughs> or it's a Bali with chainsaws and um the purpose of it is to, you know, they, they want to kill various other people in the in the Bali and that is the form of entertainment. Um and suddenly Lobo flips on a dime and goes, Well, I'm you know, I wasn't gonna watch the Bali, but actually this is pretty good. Yeah. And that you know, and the whole sequence, again, this is violence just be you know gratuitous and and nothing else yeah it's clearly it's set up is basically the texas chainsaw massacre is a ballet and he sort of arrives in the middle of it that's kind of yeah the perfect the perfect joining of two things isn't it yeah, yeah. and there's a weird change of art style in the middle of that as well there is yeah with much flatter Where... background color as well yeah yeah 
and it's a much slightly cleaner line as well. Okay. Um, I, I think in terms of the way that he draws the ballet dancers. Yeah. So again, whether that's more more Giffen than um, than Bisley that particular piece, that's just really interesting. So as I say, I, I, I love that whole sequence partially because it sums up the whole premise of Lobo going, you know, what I was going to, you know kill everybody here but actually i'm enjoying this because they're killing everybody here and i'll sit back and enjoy it for for entertainment's sake yeah uh, the thing i notice most about this is the facial acting is spot on it's, it's good throughout yeah. the book but this sequence particularly and the, the moment you've gone about you know when he suddenly decides to do it and he says nice moves and messy maybe i should sit around and enjoy this a while just brilliant facial acting really great throughout that page um yeah and Bisley um, adds movement into panels. So there's a couple of sort of head swings round and, and the colorist and the art allows for that, you know? Um, yeah. It's a really, it's a, it's a really interesting, there's almost a, a pop art element to some of this with the well, clapping uh, uh, and, you know, yeah, I was going to say, and it's, it's all done in, you know, obviously Lobo himself is generally black and white and blues and dark blues, but everything else is bright pinks and bright oranges and yeah. bright purples and even the sound know, effects. Really, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. And I think the thing that, that then gets really funny with it is it's not just Lobo that's enjoying it, but you know he gets involved in fighting with a couple of people, and the audience who obviously know what they've gone to see actually start cheering him on as well <laughs> yeah and, and i think well, it, it ends up with is it the last page of the no it's not even the last page of that, that episode you know where he's basically carrying the teacher out of the um, yeah. the auditorium and there's one of the guys looking through the rubble you know and going magic pure magic yeah like a sort you of know, really creepy theater critic in the sort of yes. yeah yeah oh. yeah but it's going but this has been nothing but death and destruction and and it's been perfect in terms of how it's been presented and that's you know as i say to me that just really is a great summary of the whole whole book of yeah just being absurd and and just going beyond you know seeing where the limit is going beyond the limit and just you know just kind of the boundary push me yeah Again, there's no crass in any of this. Yeah, this is why I think it would go wrong today. Um, in that, we still get books that have excessive amounts of violence, but it then loses something else with it because it will go. Uh, they can f and blind if they want. It doesn't really bother me in some ways, but in other yeah. ways, you like going. You know what? To trying to keep that balance. Yeah. Where you can turn around and say, "Yeah, this is mainstream because there's no swearing in it." <laughs> but, there's a, but you know, and then go. Oh, so you don't care about the violence, but you do care if we swear. And I'm sure there was something of that to me as part of this satire bit where you start to okay. go up, going, you know what? You're you're willing for us to have people have their heads cut off with chainsaws, but if they call them an F or a C, you'd have you know you'd have put asterisks in to take it out as an editor. Yeah, the thing and, is as well is he, he's. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Yeah, he's and the thing is, you root for him. You want him to to succeed you actually like he's the most dislikable person in the world but you like him that's how it works for me um now this was one of my favorite moments as well so i I had picked this out and i'd written in my notes to to mention this one um for a couple of reasons firstly for everything you've said clearly but the other thing is the woman he has gone to collect his fourth grade where his school teacher is a granny but he he beats the shit out of her all the time. Just he sort of <laughs> offhand knocks her out in one of these moments, which I think may yep. be one of the reasons that we don't see a you know return to this story. But um, and one of my favourite 
double pages is um is the page where he says wimps on you know the one where you've got magic pure magic yeah and it's framed really weirdly it's a strange page with he's in the bottom just over a third i'm gonna say uh yep. to the right hand side you've got a big pile of bodies and to the left hand side you've got look is it a wall that's fallen over it's a weird one isn't yep. it and then yeah, looking yeah, through I, the I, hole to me it's more like the um the grand circle or something like that has collapsed ah, okay. down from above yeah or something like that yeah yeah, and yeah. right in the middle of the page, you've got the word wimps. Now, anyone who knows anything, if you're going to put a word balloon in the, on a page, you do not put it right in the middle of the art. you know. But mm. here, strangely, it really works, doesn't it? It just works completely. Um, yeah. it's, the page is, is in three parts, and that is that word wimps is right at the intersection of the three parts for me. And I think it's just it's just a gorgeous page. And another bit of great facial acting, as on the previous with the last, last dance, anyone, that's another bit of facial acting that's brilliant. And all of this was slowly building up in the first few issues of a new series of a character who is kind of new in a way, um, new origin, uh, new approach. Um, is this is what this is what all the fanboys will be latching onto me? They'll be going, they'll be showing their mates in the comic shop, they'll be showing their mates, you know, in high school, you know, in the, in in, uh, in the pub, that sort of thing. Look at this, and this is why I think clearly this story is why we get the momentum that follows through for. Probably ten mm. years, I'm going to say, maybe, maybe slightly oh, yeah. less. Yeah, yeah. You know, on him, yeah. and um, this they've put their stamp on it. And I know mm. that Bisley is a hard man to pin down. One of the reasons I find him a little bit irritating is because he, he he's in his own admissions, he's quite lazy. You know, and we would have had some more ABC Warriors out of him, and we would we should have had more of this out of him, and we should should have had you know more slain out of him, and you know all this sort of shit the dog even we should have had more shit the dog out of him, you know. But it just doesn't seem to be. I looked at his um, I was looking at one. I, weirdly, I got added to a Facebook group today. To, shows that the computers are listening to us. You know this theory that well, you know the phones listening to us. You know what I And I got added to a group called oh, where is it? Um, this is it. I get sent so many stupid jokes during the day. That's uh, fan- fantastic. Illustrated the Berserker comic art page on on uh, Facebook. You remember that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I do actually. That's yeah. A weird one. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's he's got this sort of sketchbook out, and, it, and there's a lot of pictures on it. I think. Come on, Biz. You could do a bit better than that, mate. You know, I hate to but, say it, yeah. but you know, yeah, he knows where his yeah. market is. I suppose. Yeah, we may come back to everyone's got a, a busy story yes. at, at some point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's also one of my favourites, man. What was your, what was your next one? Well, I was going to say, just a couple of pages after that is one of the greatest throwaway sort of <laughs> jokes, right? Where it, you know, it basically it's it, it kind of cuts away the story, and then it cuts back to the fact that he's got on the bike and he's he's, he's flying off to the next planet with her on the back of the bike, right? And the opening line in that panel is. They'll grow back. I know, you know, Christ. Right? Yeah. Now, remember, he's trying to keep hold of this this teacher, and the reason that she's she's gone off to do these other things while he's been away doing it, so he's cut off her legs. Yeah. Now, there's no mention of of this cut other than the fact that she suddenly goes, "They'll grow back," you know, and suddenly you look down and go, "Yeah, she's got stumps for legs," and you're like going, "Okay." He's cut her granny's like, legs off. And. And I mean, I've done some things in my life. Do you know what I mean? I've never done that. Yeah. Uh, but, so, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that feeds back into our theory about they probably won't do a decent, another decent Lobo, will they? You know, well, think of the Mary Sue or the Bleeding Cool or someone going on about that. You know. do this. No. Yeah. Um, moving through then. So moving to episode, or is, um, number three has probably the 
you, you were talking about Douglas Adams earlier. I think this is probably a hitchhiker's moment, right? Where basically they have a spelling bee. <laughs> yeah. To, <laughs> Who the to, fuck come um, up with that shit? You know what I mean you know, in the middle of the with a spelling bee that's going yeah, which he takes yeah, part in and cheats. Well, it, it, initially he's given all the words that he could possibly spell from. That's it. Yeah, he kind of gets away to, with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, explosions and genocide. And yeah. Ge- yeah. And and but you're right. He winds up all the people around him and makes them have errors. But again, to me, that's like that that fully feels like a hitchhiker sort of yeah. set of gags. And, and if again, you go to the last page of that man, while we're talking about that, before he gets mm-hmm. so the page before he gets sort of manacled up, um, you've yeah. got the it's a it's a multi-panel page. It's a nine-panel page. Um, the bottom center, the teacher. Pure Sinkovich for me. Sinkovich for me. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, well, very much so. Yeah, cool. Oh. Um, I'd like to just volunteer the um, the relationship. So, firstly, the relationship between him and the teacher is genius. But I actually really enjoy, and perhaps you shouldn't do it. It's not it's not the primary function of these to enjoy them because they kind of they give the story out. You know, they push the story on. At the moments between him and Vril Docs. Um, yeah. There's there's a great one which is he shows on the on a screen back at the headquarters all the people who are chasing him um so ken is where uh, legion is based and lobo's on his way there and you've got the trucker convoy the sons of lobo the one eater police swat team legion of decency all headed towards him but what it does it from a story that could be considered to be a bit crazy and a bit all over the place because you know busy's drawn it you get this encapsulation of the story and what's happening very cleverly all mm. done with real docs who is at odds at the best of times with Lobo. And I, th- I just really yeah. like that page and it's done in a nice way. It's done it's, again, a very few colors are used in the page, but you get that, um, a darker outline to it, you know, and you in the center of it, you get this map. And I really like the way he does that. And I th- I really, really enjoyed the relationship between the two because they don't meet until the very end, but they are always speaking to each other on holo screens and all this sort of thing, aren't they? And it's, mm. It's a really good capture of character. I was going to say, because one of the other bits that I've written down to, to definitely share was if you actually turn to page 20 of issue three. Okay. Yeah. And at, at the, the, this is a bit that is, again, the, the layout here is not a busy layout. This is a different right. layout. Yeah. This is basically the, they've lost contact with Lobo and Docs doesn't really know where he, where he is. And he's waiting to hear. Oh, uh, yeah. And you've got... Yeah. Bottom half of the page is, is six panels. And for five of those panels, he's just sitting, yeah. brooding, and, and quietly staring. You know, and there's a doorway behind him that's um, that's blank. And it's only when um, one of the other characters from Legion turns up at the window to go, he, he's online, you know, and it suddenly dogs, yeah. comes, jumps in the life. But that... Again, as a break to the pacing, is, yeah, nice. is brilliant. Yeah, really because is. you know everything's manic. And suddenly you've got the yeah, I'm waiting to hear, I'm waiting to hear, I'm waiting to hear. You know, and it, to repeat that five times and to you know just be it slows everything down and yeah. building a tension point that just you're right, man. As well, on. if you look at stuff like five years later, um, the he uses these Giffen uses these multiple panel pages like this. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's a so good that, chat. That's, that's definitely a good layout. Yeah, I, I, part of me wonders whether Giffen did it to just speed up Bisley. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, Possible. Yeah, it's a good chat. Possible. Uh, the cover to issue four was recently, it's got recently gone up for sale as well. We were looking at that earlier in the week, weren't we? Um, yeah. There's a couple of yeah. pages gone up. Yeah. 
Okay. Sadly, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, wait range, my I'll wait and see where this year's bonus is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Burger. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's when the narrator steps in and goes, his bonus was not going to be big enough for that. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention in that issue, Matt? So, or that in series? No, in issue four. No, yeah. the, the last bit I want to really mention, yeah. well, two tiny bits from, from issue four. One is, I'm the pilot, let me out. Um, which is a running gag through the, the, the opening sequences of, of issue four. Basically, the Lobo ends up on a party planet because he's bored of, and he says he needs to take some time off to, before he completes <laughs> the message. Yeah. Uh, and then he decides he wants to blow up the party planet and everybody else is trying to get off it. Um, and then there's the biggest kick of satire piece in this. You know, So for this whole storyline, he's being chased by the um the, the legion of decency yeah right and they've not cared about all the violence that's been involved in all they care about is the fact that there's this disgusting biography that's been written and the you know the book needs to be dealt with and they are just about to catch up with him and the writer when they're on the party planet and they suddenly spot that there's a triple x section <laughs> yeah. on the party planet there's a shop called shag <laughs> and they they stop everything to say right we'll have to go deal with that instead (laughs) and that to me is a perfect summation of a certain part of america and and the uk where it's it's a whole oh yes you can you know we we don't mind people fighting we don't mind this other but you can't have sex on television before nine o'clock yeah you know and it is suddenly it's that one what what what's but you're okay with them cutting people's heads off um, and that that's the, the brilliant twist piece for me yeah. uh, that's on there. And there's a couple of very English bits in those two pages. So there's a, obviously a, a shop called Shag, and I'm guessing at that point they hadn't had Austin Powers, so they didn't know what Shag meant in America. Um, and also um, he wears a badge, doesn't he, at that point, called the John John Tom Jones Appreciation Society, but it's in the shape of a Judge Dredd badge as well. Yes, very much. That's, yeah. that's clearly a Dredd point there. Over uh, a, and... a Watchman badge, yeah. Yeah. And um, there's a record behind him that's propped up onto the, the karaoke thing, which I think is supposed to be a Des O'Connor. Ah, oh, Des O'Connor. Desperate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which, oh. um, but, you know, and, and again, that's that's some of the bits of the British humour that you wouldn't get otherwise. So, yeah, all, all told, is it the the book that's going to change your life to read? Is it something you're going to sit back and, and ponder and think about? Nah. Like we did with, with some of the enemy ace piece? No, it's yeah, fun though, isn't it? Do you right, this is yeah. fun. This is just unadulterated. Let's well, get in and enjoy ourselves and be really, you know, have some proper chippy humour over at it and, and get in with it. Um, and as I say, it's, you're right. Culturally, this is a really important book as yeah. far as that that time period was and what this leads into image. Could, could, Don't forget, you know, we had the image revolution after this. Yeah. Well, I said to you one of the other books that I'd read because I've got the the Lobo slipcase. Yeah. Um, and it comes with so it's got three books in it. Um, the Last Cesarian, Lobo's Greatest Hits, which is essentially all of a number of the early stories. Okay. But that, those early stories I've got joining pages between them, and um, it's kind of done as a choose your own adventure. So. Right. <laughs> and if you look at the the people that did the joining pages, so these. These are pages done just for the trade. Yeah. And it's 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 Eric Larson, it's Kevin O'Neill, Bart Sears, Ty Templeton, uh Barry Kitson, Val Smekis, you know, and, and on wow. it goes. Yeah. It's like, you know, these are the 
the, you know, so it's kind of a who's who of who would come next and be you know the next sort of a lot of the next big things. Um, Chris Sprouse is in here. I love Chris uh, Sprouse's work. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you've also got it's also Tim Truman and Tom Mandrake. And, oh wow! You know, and all these. It's just like the odd page to join a bit of a storyline from a Mega Men piece to a, a Justice League International page to whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's all in there. Now the other great thing that's in the slipcase is the prestige format. Um, collection of the wisdom of Lobo. Oh, okay. Which um, I'll sit and read it to you just now, if you like. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Nicely done. Good there, bit of comic there timing go. there. Right. Yeah. All, all read out for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So a, a completely completely <laughs> blank prestige format book, which you know again is just the how do you get away with that? You know. Yeah. But um, so yeah. The, the, so that was low. That's good. I just a couple of things, a couple of mentions before we I have a, a short rant and we talk a bit about you. Is the uh, the other things in in the I've got I've got a couple of versions. I've got the issues. I've got the Titan reprint. I think I mentioned earlier. And I've got the Lobo. They've started releasing out you know all of his stuff. And I've got the in the Titan book. Um, there's an intro done by Robert Sheckley, believe it or not, who um, I had read some stuff as a kid. He's a sci-fi writer, and I went back and bought. Um, I don't know if you've seen my Instagram recently. Alan, but I bought um, Dimensions of Miracles by Robert Sheckley, which my dog then ate. So if you go to my Instagram, you will see a chewed up copy of that book on there. Because your dog doesn't like mazes, that's what I said. Exactly, yeah, yeah, and he's a bastard. Um, And it's also got a few pages of sort of just sketches. They look like a lot of sketches on a page, almost like a doodle of a few pages. And in it, it's it's got Batman um, and it's got Superman as well. A very yeah. tiny little sketch of Superman, top left-hand corner, um, which is quite interesting. And obviously, they, Lobo and Superman became sort of quite intertwined at one point, didn't they? They were a friends, stroke sparring partners, stroke enemies. You know, yeah. sort of things that that happened. Um, yeah, no, good choice, man. Good choice. I want to slightly rant in as part of the research. Um, I bought Crush and Lobo issue one, which came out this year. I think it came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it is absolutely and utterly proof that um, Lobo is too much for writers currently working at DC, or some of them. Um, it's written by Mariko Tamaki, and it's mostly, to be fair, about Crush, who is, as I understand it, a member of the Teen Titans now. Is that right? I think that's right. Um, I'm not that, I'm not up to date with the Teen Titans either. Yeah. I really am. I asked my Mariko son. Mariko Tamaki can produce some nice books. I've got, you know. Yeah. <laughs> is she suited for a Lobo book? I'm going to say no. But uh, yeah, maybe that's not just not her thing. Maybe she's more suited to a crush book. The crush book is about the daughter um, in a relationship. She's worrying about meeting her girlfriend's parents and about what she's going to wear. It's about selfies and it's about fashion. And it so happens that Lobo FaceTimes with her. Yes, I know. Uh, and is in a prison <laughs> getting therapy. Now, I I read this and... As I go along and read stuff, I try. I have notebooks. I don't know if you're like, I have like a notebook and I make the odd note just because I forget stuff because I'm old. Um, and I couldn't bring myself to write anything down because it was so. And I've written the only thing I have written is fucking atrocious across the page. Um, and as you know, I then tweeted at DC asking if I could have my money back. <laughs> and did you get a reply? I got no replies, but it got it? liked 20 times, which is a lot for me. <laughs> <laughs> good uh, i thought i'd mention yeah, that yeah. um also yeah. i know you're um a huge fan of when he became a goth and it was actually a different character who then killed in the first issue killed the original lobo um it was so bad even dc went nah 
than that. I was going to say, and this is you know, Lobo is this great missed opportunity for DC. He yep. could have been. The problem, there was a bit of oversaturation, I suppose, during the nineties, but this is always the case with these things. Yeah. But yeah, he, you know, he, he should have been the the lead of a a movie or a, whatever. But no, it was was just was never to be. Yeah. So. It should be a black label series now. With now, okay. So who who would you like to see drawing it now? Because I should I say my choice and give you a bit of thinking yeah, time. Go I'm going to yeah. say Liam Sharp. Yeah, actually, I I would. I'd read that. I like Liam's stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? Liam could write it. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. well, based on the, the quality of, of Greenlight, he knows how to do a space adventure. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, yeah. I I was at the convention where Liam and and Bisley almost got into a fight with each other at All the good. bar. That sounds but, good. Uh, I wouldn't put my money almost. on Bisley around that. To be fair. No. I was a betting man. <laughs> yeah. Liam's a big unit. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah, but no, I, you know what? Again, the thing is, global it doesn't need to be the rendered, finished artwork. Um, I'm trying, you know, because people like Val Semekis, who did the the art in the actual ongoing series for ages, that was great. Yeah, you know, and um, I, I could see anybody in that sort of style. It needs to be a little bit comedic and a little bit. Yeah, Burn could get away with it, you know. Off. Yeah. Um, off kilter. Um, yeah. I, I said to you the other day that you know if you look at some of the artists that did him previously, you know, they're, 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 some of them are where are they now? You know, Carl Critchlow was one of the people. Yeah, he was you saying you got a double page spread from that, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that would be good from that sort of side. Um, we could also give it to to, to some of our, our our more local colleagues. You know, Ian Ashcroft's looking for that. Yeah, he could draw big, that, couldn't he? Title in the uh, in the states, but yeah, let, let's let, let Ian Ashcroft be the be the man to get. Gareth Slater, yeah. be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah actually, yeah, all these people. I say, I don't. He he is a character that doesn't need a particular style. Yeah. Um. You know, he could take any of those things and, and run with it. As one of the other things that that's in that slipcase is they they did a set of postcards, and it's everybody from Sergio Aragonés, who's. <laughs> You know, well, he's drawing in Sergio style. That, that's exactly the way it is. Yeah. To you know, Mike McCone, who's drawn him basically looking a little bit John Bon Jovi. Um, okay. But you know, you've also got P. Craig Russell, and you're thinking P. Craig Russell shouldn't be drawing. Yeah, the he, he draws um, but, yeah, operas, doesn't he, P. Craig Russell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but again, it works. So you know, he, he's you know he's a durable character that could fit into any of these, these styles. I I think that you're right. The writing's much more important than yeah um, the particular art style um, to to run with it. But um, yeah, give it to yeah. someone like Johnny Ryan or you know, when these these underground guys who who do nut stuff and have got a bit of imagination and aren't feeling too restrained by writing for the trade or something. You know, it's uh, yeah. Oh, they would be an option actually. On who, that who, sorry, mate. Um, Baudet, the guy that did, oh, yeah, we talked about, yeah, yeah. and did, did Turtles recently. Um, would that would be, yeah, again, completely different, but would have that, that edge to it that there would be, be uh, just, just create something to, to be a bit life with it. Can yeah. I just quickly say as well, Mike McComb, please come back to comics. I do love seeing your <laughs> commissions, but I love your comics more. I know you're probably doing better financially <laughs> from your commissions, <laughs> but uh, please come back, yeah. His work on stuff like the Exiles and stuff was just superb. Oh, yeah. but his commissions are amazing, aren't they? Yeah, I watch them. Watch them, but then they don't. I don't think they're cheap. Have you got one of his? 
Not commission, no. I um, I, I got a got a sketch of him, but yeah. um, that that again, that would be ooh, I don't know which which con it would be. It would be somewhere in the states. Yeah, mine um, was about six years ago, and I got a black and white uh, EXO off off him, like an original EXO Man of War off him. Uh, lovely, but yeah, back when I back when it was more affordable, I think. Oh well. Anyway, yeah. I've actually got two two sketches of him. One of them was a, a Mister Flopsy Wopsy. There you go. <laughs> You got a sketch from Alan Grant telling you not to buy more comics. Well, not no, no, I didn't. <laughs> he, what, what, I've got a sketch from Alan Grant where um, I met him and Mrs. H was with me, so I got him to write on the page, "I'm sorry, it's all my fault, Alan Grant," because <laughs> yeah. I'd said it was Alan Grant's fault was I had so many comics. Yeah. Um, no, he did that in 2001. I have bought one or two comics since then. No. Um, so if I, if I had too many back. In- 2001 God, and having written that he then actually drew a sketch of himself and a mini batman and a mini judge dread that's um, right in very sort of loose rough terms which but it's great and that you know so yeah i've got the apology from alan grant and i've got an iou from john wagner he he owes me one pen <laughs> against that classic classic signing sketch or where we turn up and he goes uh, somebody lend me a pen and he goes and i went yeah fine as long as you write me an iou oh like, nice oh, that's, that's good that's, that's a nice way to get a sketch yeah, <laughs> or yeah. get a signature of somebody oh they're both great um, blokes aren't they yeah i'm a big fan yeah. of both of them guys yeah it's uh, i think um alan's suffering a bit with his eyes isn't he as i understand it but uh yeah such a such a stalwart his overall health isn't great yeah. yeah i used to shop in a comic shop in colchester in essex when i was working nearby and um he was always in there, always in there doing sign-ins and stuff and chatting. And I have a great memory of him at a convention. I've, I've repeated this, I think. Whereas I won't name the person, but a certain person came on with his minder uh, at um, UCAC and said, don't bother me in the toilet. I'll be doing signings. Only bother me. You know, don't talk to me on the stairs and all this sort of thing. And um, and then Alan Grant came out on his own and said, I'm here for you. If you want to speak to me, just speak to me. And he got like a cheer. And yeah. I thought, nah, that's the dude. That's right. You know. Yeah. yeah, as they having having been to the convention that he and his wife put on a couple of times in Moniai, oh, the, yes, the village this. that they, yeah. they live in. Um, they first did it after the the foot and mouth piece, and you're right, it was just let's just all sit around and chat or do whatever. And the amount of time that he spent talking with the kids at that as well was just yeah. just wonderful. He you know, did a comic was... during lockdown, didn't he? He did. Um, I was up in Scotland when yeah. he was on television. He did like a special yeah. comic, didn't he? Again, in the village, basically, they, yeah. you know, they, they got that sort of village community element set up, and they, he, he sponsored, you know, because he, he lives in the mansion that Batman built, is the, <laughs> right, okay. because, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's one of these middle of nowhere, but it's the big, big house. Oh, nice. Um, but it's, it's all the Batman money from 1990s. <laughs> but, uh, and that was, the, so it was a running guy yeah, for a long yeah. period of time. Yeah, cool. uh, Good chat, stuff. man. Excellent. Good. A little bit about yeah. you before we close off, because we've gone along again, but um, what, what mm-hmm. have you been up to, man? So, I think you did send me a screenshot earlier. Did you want to mention what that was? Yeah. So I'm, well, it's a couple of weeks away before it will be published online. I um, scanned and, and did what needed doing to to Strip 2000 Yay. today. So it's now sitting on the laptop as Strip 2000. Um, I feel like I can pack up and go home. Yeah, job done. <laughs> but, You're going to keep going after that one, aren't you? Yeah, for the time being. As I say, yeah. I don't know what the end is. Um I've got uh, I've got a view that it should either have a proper ending or one day I'll just stop and see yeah. how long it is before anybody notices. Uh, <laughs> but no, so the Penguin oh, continues work, on. Man. That's and, great. Um, and will be what it is. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And are you doing anything else at the moment? Or No, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's Drunken Draw. Um, oh, yeah. For those that are listening on uh, 
or tonight soon, Joe, if you publish it on Friday morning. Yeah, I'll be sticking it out um, tonight. So it's Thursday today. So most people will listen tomorrow, I think. Yeah, yeah. so it'll be tonight. So come along, yeah. go to the Facebook group and get the uh, get the link or the Twitter. Ask one of us on there and we'll send it to you and come along. Mm-hmm. It's always, a, always a, a, a jolly chat. You've got a buddy coming, haven't you, you said to me? Yeah, hopefully. So yeah. Um, one of the guys I, I hang about with at, uh, at cons and stuff who... Uh, hasn't been doing these things before was saying oh, can, can anyone come along i was saying well it's a public invite so uh, yeah. anyone can come along we're quite so friendly we don't buy do we come and join us yeah, yeah. so Apart and you know, I, I think we need you know we need more more scots out of that, that drinking drill so, <laughs> all i do is talk scottish up. people now yeah. that's all i do you dave <laughs> yeah um mr stewart yeah tom yeah. John as well. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he should have been on last week but we had um johnny cannon but we had the um had the football so we missed it and uh, it's Father's Day. Uh, John always been on. Yeah, he's secretly a Scottish person, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. No, no, he is a Scottish person. But I'm <laughs> living it. I'll, I'll let him know. I'll, yeah, 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 I know. He'll be sharpening his axe. Yeah, he will be. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and what are you what else are you reading at the moment? Anything else you've been enjoying recently, or? Um, so I'm slowly working my way through Mind Management. Um, okay. By um, Matt Clint. Yeah. And. Uh, it's a bit heavy going at times, but um, it, it it goes in waves for me for that. Um, so yeah, so that that's a, a sort of something different. To, you know, I've got the first in. hardback of that, and I've been meaning to read it for a long time. I, I bought it because I was going to go to this gosh reading group thing, and then I couldn't make it, and I never ended up reading it. So yeah, I must read that as well. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, as I said, I recommend it. It's just that I think I'm on book. F- I'm doing the hardbacks as well. Um, yeah. I think I'm on book five, but it's it's. Uh, I, it's not that I've read the last four. <laughs> you know, it, it's been um, been a couple of years in the making to get to, to book five. You know, it's yeah, get you. read a book and then leave it for a while, and then read a book and then leave it's it for while. enjoyment, my friend. That's it. We shouldn't push it, yeah. should we? Yeah, yeah. It's like all these people who yeah, rush exactly. to read monsters, and uh, I thought, now I'm going to take my time reading that. I think that's all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it, well, it's a, yeah. There's a lot to read on every page. It is. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there really is. Mm. Um, good. And where can we find your links? Where can we find you, dude? So, if you want to find me, I'm at Gwyn on basically every form of social media. So, on, on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr, and, and Instagram. And that, that's probably the best way to get me. Yeah. Good stuff, man. And we did discuss what we're going to talk about in about a month. Did you want to say what that's going to be? Right, well, I'll, I'll just summarise it as it'll, it'll probably feature a nun, a clown, and a fez. Good. Like it. And maybe the odd Muppet. You're giving it away. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for me, thanks to everyone who bought Atomic Hercules, a weapon of mass destruction. Where you will have discovered what that weapon is by now. Um, thanks for that. And you can also follow Fame, which is me and Demetrius Zach, for the next two weeks on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash tribute press. Um, after that, we will be f- throwing ourselves into flesh and ink. Um, a new story by me and Adam, which will initially go on Patreon. Thanks. I know you're a patron of ours. Um, and it'll be going on to Patreon before being released as a printed book once a month so that's the plan we've got two months in the bag so we're doing all right so i was just uh speaking to adam at lunchtime about bdsm nuns so that's what you do at lunchtime <laughs> in it that's how the chats go good stuff thanks for listening and um see you next time cheers al mm-hmm.